What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of the Time My Skates podcast. I am your host, Drunk Gritty, and I'm alongside my co-host, Z. And today we have a very packed episode for you. We're going to be talking about the expansion draft, which is going to be coming out tomorrow night uh, after you guys listen to this podcast. Around the league, the NHL draft, some trade scenarios, and NHL free agency. But the best topic that we're going to start off with is Ryan fucking Ellis. Like Chuck did it. Oh, baby. He did it. He did the thing. Chuck did the fucking thing. Like, holy shit. Like, we're recording this as it just happened. So we're like, we were just talking about it for like 15 minutes before we started recording. And this is like the most exciting thing that has happened in a, in a long time, in my opinion, for the Flyers. Like, I don't remember the last trade that made me this exciting. I mean, we were saying the JVR trade was like the biggest one in terms of acquiring a player that recently, but like that wasn't that exciting because we had him already. But this is this is huge. Feels a huge need for the team. And I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't think we gave up that much. I think it was a pretty good deal. If anything, Nashville lost a little bit after, you know, flipping Patrick to Vegas. So let, let's go over the deal. Yeah. Uh, we traded Myers and Patrick to Nashville for Ryan Ellis. And then Nashville flipped Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. Uh so that's a weird I mean, that's a weird move in my opinion that last part i feel like the predators should have stuck with nolan patrick considering duchene and johansson johansson's still on nashville correct uh yes I've, I've, I've heard their names being talked about getting rid of so why would they not take a shot on a young guy like patrick but i mean for the flyers that was a fucking steal uh we should read the fact should we that read they... that tweet that we saw today this guy yeah that, go ahead uh do you have it up? Uh, this dude, I, I can like paraphrase what he said. Um, if we find it, we can shout him out later. Uh, this dude who covers Nashville and the Flyers basically thinks that first glance Nashville got fleeced, mainly because we didn't have to give up the 13th overall pick in any form in that deal, which I agree with personally. I mean, not having to give up the first over or our first no. round pick in that deal is incredible. Like Chuck, bravo, dude. That was an incredible deal, and I'm excited. Not having to give up the pick and not having to give up Frost or Sandheim, because in my opinion, I wanted to keep Sandheim over Myers. I think Sandheim has a higher ceiling. I think Sandheim's a better player today than Myers is. Uh, together, last season, they were questionable, but we're filling out the decor now slowly. So we got Ellis and Provy at the top line. Ellis is going to play all situations. He's going to be the top D guy on power play one, which we've been, you know, needing for a little bit. Provy hasn't really filled that role and, you know, ghost has been in and out. So I think we still need, you know, a veteran second line guy who can play the right side to play with Sanheim. And then, you know, you go Braun York on your third pair. If, if York makes the team out of camp, which I'm hoping he does, he will, he definitely and will. And then you got, you know, you got your, your seven and eight guys whoever and Morin and Hag, which like whatever. That's probably what it ended up being Morin and Hag. Uh, you're right you're right there. I mean Zamula the dominoes he'll, he'll probably start in the AHL, but Zamula's another guy who could come up later in the year. Yeah. Or he could be a trade piece. But yeah, you're right. Like the dominoes have started to fall. We filled the top line hole that we clearly had and top now, pair hole. Top pair hole. And now 
we're just going to see what happens. We got the trade freeze that started today as we're recording 717 at 3 p.m. And then it opens back up uh, Tuesday at 1, I believe. So we got a little trade freeze and Chuck pulled it off right before the deadline. It's impressive. I mean, this is the piece you needed. You needed the, the number one D-man, which is Ellis still a number one D-man by himself? Yeah, probably. But he's definitely a number one pair with Provia 1A, 1B, which, you know, the, what is it? The the parts are greater than the sum. I don't know the, the quote, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The sum is greater than the parts, whatever. <laughs> it's... <laughs> that was good that was good uh i mean both of them together are like an elite d pair it's kind of uh similar to what the islanders have with pelic and um pollock pollock and pollock and who pollock and pelic they're the same person jesus christ no they're two different people with the same i keep forgetting they have like that's so weird like how do how do i I, I wouldn't even say that how do their announcers like separate that in their head <laughs> i wouldn't even make that comparison because i think like provorov and ellis are by themselves are better than pollock and pellick but pollock and pellick together are better than you know provy was on the you know first line with braun or whoever he was playing with you know what i mean they were they're good yeah. d pairing but alone they're probably you know they're not number one demon by themselves but i think that provy and ellis are number one demon by themselves and together and it just you know, this was the main thing we had to get done. If he went out and he traded for like a, a third line center before the expansion draft, people would would not be as satisfied as they are right now. I think it's worth mentioning that the last thirty year old defenseman the Flyers acquired from the Nashville Predators was Kimo Timonen. So could Ryan Ellis be that Kimo Timonen type role for the next eight years in Philly? I think he could, at least for the next four to five years he's going to be a part of this team i think they're kind of similar players too yeah in terms of smaller guys the pp and the pk good puck moving guys they can play both sides of the ice yeah it's a very good comparison we have a long history with nashville when it comes to trading it seems so so what does that leave us now so we have i want to say three holes on the team left so second line d-man to play with sanheim which we can we'll talk about some options later in the episode. Uh, you know, third line center, which maybe we have if we, you know, keep Morgan Frost, maybe he can step up and fill that role this year if he doesn't get injured. And I still think we need another scoring forward and a backup goalie. Uh, and a backup all the goalie. Things. I feel like backup goalie will be a little bit easier to acquire just because there's so many of them, but. Yeah, that'll be easy. That's that's not something I'm worried about. Chuck will just find a a good a good men, netminder to be behind Carter. And do we there. want a backup goalie, or do we want a guy who who can challenge Carter? Can challenge Hart. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I think there should be a guy that's good enough to play in case Carter's struggling. Yeah, like if Carter needs to take a week off, which he like needed this past season, and just Elliot could not play that many games in a row, especially in March, but. If Carter needs to take a week or so off, we need to be confident that that the backup can can handle those games and we can get wins. So some someone like Corposalo or uh, Olmark, yeah, would uh, out of uh, I mean as as long as Buffalo. you're not spending more than three million on the dude, um, 
I'm okay with whoever they get. That's not really my top priority right now. Allmark had a 917 save percentage last year on that Buffalo team. That's that's impressive. For Is how, that not absurd? That's crazy for how good Buffalo, or not not how good, how awful Buffalo was last year to have a goalie that performed that well. That's pretty impressive. 20 games played, 20 starts, 9 wins, 6 losses, 3 overtime losses. For playing on that Buffalo team, which was what lost, what it was 18 games in a row, what was it? What was the streak that they broke against us? It was something ridiculous. It was it was embarrassing. I blacked out the season. Let's stop talk. Let's stop talk about the season. Let's talk about okay. the exciting stuff that's happening right now because I'm actually happy for the first time as a Flyers fan in a long time. <laughs> it's exciting, man. We we made the move we needed to make. The one we really needed to make. If we went through this offseason without acquiring a number one defenseman, it would have been a failure. People would be screaming for Chuck's head. Right. So the first move he makes is the move we needed to make. And to make note, it wasn't Dougie. It wasn't Seth Jones. It was probably the smarter option out of anybody else. We've been connected to Ryan Ellis for quite a while now, and I just think that it was a good deal. Um, I'm surprised it happened right before the expansion draft uh, trade freeze. That part's surprising to me, but now it like opens up the doors for it, like they they fucked up the expansion draft a little bit for Seattle. Like Seattle probably had an idea of what they're going to do, and now we're going to protect another player. Yeah, so let's go into that. So, yeah, so assuming that they were going to protect Patrick before, now that they traded him, there's an open forward spot. So, given that Chuck has already said he's talked to Jake about uh, leaving Jake exposed and possibly trading him if he doesn't get picked, does that open spot go to JVR or does it go to a lower level player like NAK to sort of limit Seattle's chances? of taking a guy that's not going to shed a lot of cap and, and maybe force them to take either ghost JVR or Jake right? Um, without making a sweetener or side deal. Yeah. Well, as of right now, I'm thinking it's going to be JVR while you guys are listening. I think so too. While you guys are listening, you guys are already going to know who we protected, but I'm, I mean, we're both pretty positive. It's going to be JVR and then they're going to expose Vorchek and ghost there. So I mean, I'm thinking JVR up. too. It makes the most sense. And, you know, losing Ghost for nothing hurts a little bit less than losing JVR for nothing. Right. And uh, it was a topic of discussion last week, JVR or Vorchek for more trade value. And like I said, Vorchek on the last week's episode, but I'm starting to lean towards JVR just because of that contract. So like protecting him and then we either keep him or we use them in a trade and get some value out of them. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's the term on Jake's deal. It's the it's the term left. I mean, the money's big too, but if Jake had two years left, you could probably trade him and retain a little bit of salary and get a good player back. But I think you can trade JVR without retaining any salary, and we should uh, we can go over a little bit later some trade scenarios. Um, in terms of who we would trade Jake or JVR to and, and what we would get back to fill those holes. Yeah. So that'll be a topic. It'll be coming up in a little bit. Um, is there anything else we wanted to talk about expansion draft-wise? Or do you want to move to all the trades that have been let's happening? Go, let's go into around the league because there's been, a, you know, there's a couple trades from the past week that we haven't touched on. And there's some trades that have happened the, the past couple of days, including today, that were some big, big trades that, you know, change a lot of things for the upcoming draft. So Cool. All right. 
So we're on to around the league. I'm going to read off a couple of the most recent trades that have happened, some of the bigger names that have been traded in the past couple of days. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers acquired Duncan Keith and forward Tim Sutherland from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for defenseman Caleb Jones and a 2022 draft pick. The New Jersey Devils acquired Ryan Graves from Colorado in exchange for Mikhail Maltsev, I hope I said that right, and a second-round pick in the 2021 draft. And then recently today, the Red Wings acquired Nick Letty from the New York Islanders in exchange for Richard Ponick and a second-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. And then also, Minnesota bought out the contracts of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. Out of those trades... There's a couple other... There's a, sorry, there's a couple other uh, trades that we missed. Um, Vancouver traded Jason Dickinson, or no, sorry, Vancouver acquired Jason Dickinson from Dallas in exchange for a third-round pick in the 2021 draft. Uh, Sharks, the San Jose Sharks acquired uh, Aiden Hill, goaltender from Arizona, in exchange for goaltender uh, Joseph or Yosef Coronar and a second-round pick in the 2022 draft. Uh, another sort of big one is Toronto uh, acquired Jared McCann from Pittsburgh in exchange for forward Philip Hollander and a seventh round pick in the 2023 draft. And the Rangers acquired uh, forward Barclay Goodrow, who I believe is going to be UFA at the end of the month. Yes, he is. From the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for a seventh round pick in the 2022 draft. And uh, Rangers also traded uh, Brett Howden to the Knights, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, in exchange for defenseman Nick DeSimone a fourth round and a fourth round pick in the 2022 draft. So that's a lot of movement out of the these trades. You want to go, uh, these deals, I guess we'll call them. Cause there were some buyouts as well. Um, Jeff, uh, sorry, not Jeff Skinner. Who, who, who else was, Oh, Keith Yandel was bought out by the Florida Panthers as well. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. Um, uh, I mean, out of these, like there was a lot of movement in the past couple of days. I feel like the biggest one, was probably the Devils acquiring Ryan Graves, in my opinion. I think that move was very good for New Jersey. And it kind of, I saw on Twitter the day of, it kind of ticked off a lot of Flyers fans. They were like, why isn't Chuck doing anything? Well, now you know why Chuck wasn't doing anything, because he was secretly behind the scenes acquiring Ryan Ellis. I mean, if we're going to include the Flyers trade, that's the biggest trade. That's the biggest trade yet. Like, I don't think yeah. any of these trades buyouts whatever hold a candle to what just happened and you got it you got to give it to chuck i know we still have a lot of off season left and there's a lot of moves to be made but you got to give it to the guy for delivering i mean he did it no one thought he was going to everyone everyone's been shitting on him day after day and he finally did it and he made probably the best move he was actually working those phones yeah he was he wasn't sleeping he wasn't chilling at home watching tv or movies all day he was he was working the books using that phone i mean you're right that's that's the biggest trade of the offseason so far without a doubt and it was rgm that pulled it off yeah i mean uh it you want to talk about the Edmonton trade a lot of people shit on the oilers for you know having some leverage in that deal in taking on keith's cap and you know they sort of lost lost the deal in terms of giving up caleb jones and uh what was it a third i think it was a third 2022 conditional yeah um and not and and you know chicago not retaining any cap on that deal is kind of crazy but i mean he's a veteran d-man who i don't know how much he has left in the tank but the oilers have been struggling you know 
I mean, what I heard defense and goaltending. I heard we that know uh, we know they have the forward depth and the scoring. So, yeah, I heard that uh, Connor McDavid wanted Duncan Keith on the Oilers. Well. So, I think that's why the deal happened. I don't. I mean, Duncan Keith probably doesn't have much time left in the league. So it's to me, it's a bad deal for Edmonton. But if Connor McDavid says he wants a player, I think you should probably listen to him. And Stan Bowman, the GM of Chicago, who's made some bad deals in the past, you know, trading Panarin, trading Saad, trading back for Saad. You know, I think there were some other players he traded to Arizona and then traded back for. Like, he's been a very indecisive GM and has made some horrible moves in the past. But I think this move actually helps their team, if not for the fact that they, you know, have a better chance of getting Seth Jones now uh, with acquiring his brother, which I guess that was the whole, you know, Scotty Niedermeyer, Rob Niedermeyer deal, which it worked for the Ducks back in the uh, you know late 2000s. But the the asking price for Jones right now is just ridiculous. Like I think Elliot Freeman reported it would start at Doc and maybe include uh, Boquist, who's a, a good young D-man on their team, or um, DeBrinket, which is like I would not give up any of those players that's, for Seth Jones. That's more absurd without, than the Flyers mock trade that – people have been suggesting like that's an insane I mean, price for Seth Jones who doesn't want to play in Columbus I was not going to give up or if I was a GM I was not I would not have given up uh Sanheim Frost Zade Wisdom and picks for for Jones even if it came with a seven-year deal or a year deal whatever that's that was just like sort of too much for me exactly and I don't think Chicago should do a deal around Kirby Doc or anything like that either like they're asking way too much the other thing is Chicago's not like one defenseman away from contending. Like they they they're in a rebuild and they have great young players. So so, so why not I let those know. players grow? You know. Yeah, and I I don't know what the thinking is there, and but you know I think the ask is just so high for Jones right now that they might have to keep him this year or or trade him for less or you know trade him at the deadline or something because they need to get rid of him because they can't lose. Kekalainen can't lose another top-end player for nothing to, to free agency. You know, happened with Bobrovsky and Duchesne and Panarin, and the list goes on, but they got to lower their ask on this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's not... He's Especially if it doesn't come with a contract. And for Seth Jones, yeah, I'm not signing a contract. I want to go to free agency in a year where hopefully, you know, the cap will grow a little bit. There'll be more deals going on. You'll get more money. I would, you know... Or you want to go play for a contender if it's going to be, you know, a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, I think he's looking to play on a team that's close, if not ready to win a Stanley Cup right now. Um, And if he waits a year for free agency, he's going to get an extra one or two million on his contract. So why not, you know? Does he have a no-movement clause or no? No. So that's what I was going to say. You'd, you'd see a guy in his position maybe not having as much leverage, but the fact that he has one year left on his deal, he has all the leverage because they're only going to give up assets for him if, if it comes with an extension. And he's he gets to choose which team he wants to sign an extension with, you know? So. And what has he said, Dallas and Chicago? Yeah, I think Dallas and Chicago were up there. I got to think Colorado's in the mix, but they probably can't afford him. Um, they they have to they have to sign McCarr. They have to you know re up McKinnon in a few years. They have to you know, Gabriel Landeskog's a pending UFA. They got a lot of a lot of deals they have to make, and I doubt McKinnon's going to take another team friendly deal. I mean, if he wants to win, 
He's kind of like Crosby in that way, where he cares about winning more than he cares about money. Crosby's been taking team-friendly deals his whole career, and look where it got him. Three Stanley Cups. Team-friendly deals, but still making over eight. Why would McKinnon not make over eight? He's worth like 12. Well, what's he making now is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? He's making five-something. We can look that up real quick. Six, six, three. Six point three million. Okay, yeah, it's a little light. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he should he should be making eleven or twelve. He's arguably the best player in the league besides like McKinnon. I mean, Jesus McDavid. Christ, McKinnon, Mick David, <laughs> Mick Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, speaking of around the league topics, I think it's kind of funny how uh, one of Chuck's biggest moves on in his career in Minnesota just got like ended like that yeah just got and you know you know almost 10 years to the day i think i think it was a little bit after the signing because it was a july 4th signing i believe and you know the flyers were in on were in on on both and and suitor i think which that would have been interesting to see how holmgren would have done that i think if i remember correctly there was rumors or maybe it was like reported it was so long ago that i'm just trying to uh remember this that the flyers offered the most money for suitor and parise but they both decided not to come here because they wanted to go home. I think they're both from Minnesota. Yeah, they're from Minnesota originally. I think both their dads played for Minnesota. So, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, I have no clue. I don't keep um, in touch with players' parents. One thing I would just <laughs> like to point out: can we can we give some respect to David Poyle right now for these D men we're talking about? We're all Predators picks. Yeah, Jones, Suter, Ellis. I mean, we throw you know, Weber, Yossi, Ekholm, like. Uh, Sam Gerard, who plays for for Colorado now, like, what is going on? They have a D man factory over there. It's insane. I don't know how they do it. They're just very good at scouting D men. I guess Flyers should hire some of their scouts. Crazy. Phil Myers, throw him in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm interested to see who's going to be on a line with. Uh... He'll probably play. So what's their first line? Yossi Ekholm. Ekholm plays our uh, right right D. Yeah, that's definitely first line. Ellis is gone. Who's their third guy now? They don't have one. They don't. Do you know the other guys? I'm pulling up their roster now. I'm trying to. I mean, I think they like before Ellis was traded, they probably had some of the best defensemen in the league on one fucking team. That is impressive. Tip of the cap to David Poyle. Yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, Matt, Matthew Benning, David Ference, Eric Gubranson, who is a UFA, Ben Harper, Dante Fabro. So not really. They're kind of light on the bottom two lines now, bottom two pairs. They're they're in a mini rebuild. Yeah. They're trying not to completely they've, they've, uh, Mark overhaul. Borbe- Bor- I can't even say his name. Borowetsky defenseman yeah on he's on ir though remember he uh like lit tk up when he played for the center uh, up the middle yeah when braun sent him a suicide pass then there was like four fights that game <laughs> broad street bullies baby <laughs> yeah bring him back all right uh what do you say we move to the nhl draft now yep all right so i think it's obvious uh from a draft perspective that most Flyers fans, including us, do not want to have that pick by the time draft day comes about. 
I mean, you'd be surprised. A lot of people out here still want picks. Of course. Which That's is how like, you cool, dude. Build a we team. need someone who's going to help the team now, though. Yeah, but... We're, we're, we were we were in a limbo of sort of the past two years, I want to say. I mean, you can say the 2019-20 season was more of a push for it, but like we're still in a, are we rebuilding or are we going for it? And I think this L's trade has now tipped that more towards we're going for it. Um, So we and have if, to trade If we're going pick. for it. No, I'm not saying we have to. I wouldn't mind picking a guy, but like what, he's going to be in the lineup in four years? Yeah, I mean... When G's done, and this draft isn't really too uh, top heavy, it's it's kind of a bleh draft, I would say. There's no huge names, and there's a lot of these guys didn't even get to play that much last year. Yeah, I would compare it to like basically the year we drafted Nolan Patrick. Like there wasn't anybody like super crazy at the top, but like there's going to be some good players, but not like Austin Matthews, McKinnon, like those. Yeah, kind just of guys. our luck. We're like around the uh, like. Eichel, Matthews, McDavid, uh, Line, like all those names, and then we get the draft with Patrick and Heisher as the one too. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Philadelphia Bars sports luck. Baby. So like- I know we want to trade it, but I think we should gloss over kind of some of the guys that are around there. I have a couple guys written down uh, right now. Uh, Mason McTavish, who is a center he's like a big strong guy like he would fit well on on this team um the only problem is i think he's ranked a little higher on most people's boards than the flyers are picking so there's a very strong chance he may not be there but if he does end up falling to 13 and the flyers hadn't trade their pick yet that's a guy like i have my eye on i think he would be a great fit on this team do you have any guys um i have a couple more i mean uh uh, Cole Cole Sillinger. Yep. Who you had? Yep. On your list. Just read. I mean, like honestly, haven't seen the guy play. Haven't seen any highlights. But just reading the description of he was he was a USHL Rookie of the Year, and he's an offensive player with a great shot. So there you and go. Play center. So that's like, can we just draft a guy who can snipe? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we need a scoring player. Not even snipe. Just shoot for shoot first. Which like. So basically, I mean, like caught a glimpse of Wade Allison doing that. Yeah. So basically, like, if Cole Sillinger or McTavish is there. I want McTavish probably more than Sillinger because he's like a bigger guy. And to me, like I want my centers to be big brooding players, kind of like Coots or Hayes is. I know like maybe Hayes doesn't play as big as he is, but like I want a bigger guy that can, and McTavish can play the full length of the ice game. So um, yeah, McTavish and Sillinger, both good centers that hopefully would be around our pick would be pretty fire picks for Chuck. Um, I also, one thing to mention yep. real quick is that in the uh, pre, I guess, pre-draft presser from last week that uh, Chuck and uh, assistant GM Brent, Fair, Brent Flair uh, held, they did mention that if, they're, if, they're, if they do take the pick, they're going to take the best available player regardless of position. So As you should. I mean, this is yeah, a I business. Mean, you take year. the better asset that's going to have more value. So if that's a goalie like Casa or Wallstat, um, yep. uh, if they drop to that position, we may be choosing a goalie in this draft at 13. I was going to say Casa as well. He's the best goalie prospect in the draft. And, I mean, we have some decent uh, goalie prospects, but I think Casa would probably like fly close to the top of that list almost immediately. And it's, it's never a bad thing to grab more goaltenders because who knows? I mean, like Carter Hart could flop. I personally believe he's not going to flop. I think he's 
going to be a top 10 goalie in this league for a long time, but never too, can never be too careful. I mean, I, I guess you, you don't want him to, to be comfortable. And <laughs> like, like you, you never want a player to be like, uh, you also comfortable in their role. You want them to feel, you know, competitive or feel like if, if they, but you also want, uh, you, know, you also want Carter to know it's his net. Like, it's yeah. your net, dude, but it's your net to lose as well. There's nothing wrong with some competition, though, is what I'm saying. Right, exactly. Yeah. You don't want you don't want a guy to feel complacent and be like, hey, it doesn't matter, win or lose, I, I got my spot on this team. But you do want him to be confident in that and know it is his net. And I think that's a big deal with goalies, and I feel like that's why a lot of tandem goalie situations don't work out as planned. Unless you're Vegas, that's probably been... Yeah, but did experiment. that work out? No, because they flip-flopped and, you know, Galaxy brained it at the end where, you know, Laner won game four or, what, or whatever, game five, and then they went back to Flurry, and then they went back to Laner, and it was just like... I mean, you, but... You put a cold guy in. You, yeah, maybe you, it didn't. The hot guy loses his streak, and then you flip him back, and then... Maybe it didn't ultimately work out in the end, but, like, to me, like, I think it was a pretty good experiment. I think one of those guys is going to be moved, but, I mean... They've been one of the best teams in the West, and they're always in the Stanley Cup discussion since they came into yeah. the league. So, I mean, it didn't and really I, fail. I, I was hearing, uh, um, I think it was on the 31 Thoughts podcast, but I was hearing the Devils might take a stab at Laner and like I heard that as well. Great, dude. An- another, like, top-end goalie in our division. Fantastic. Yeah. And then they have, what's-his-face, Blackwood. They, they're considering moving him, apparently, if they if they acquire a, a veteran goalie like Laner, which is Devils just fans on Twitter love to talk about how much better Blackwood is than Carter Hart, and now they're going to trade him. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus. That's, I'm just telling you what I hear. I know. It's pathetic, though. I don't know why they would do that. I kind of like Blackwood, even though I, I, I also like to shit on Devils fans that like him more than Carter. Yeah, so there's some names out there for the Flyers to pick at 13. Do would any of us really be mad if we traded that 13th pick to acquire a, another defenseman or a third line center or some sort of scoring winger? No, I don't think you could be mad for that, especially in a draft that is more of a crapshoot than any other draft has ever been. But you know, there's some good players out there that we can acquire, and you know use as an asset in the future of course yeah if, if that's the decision i would not be makes. mad if we ended up taking a player i mean now that we have ellis i'm kind of it's going to be hard to piss me off this the rest of the off season unless we get rid of more guys that i like unless you just make a really bad trade after a really good trade it's always could always happen yeah um well i mean like one thing that could piss me off too is if uh if Seattle takes Braun or NAK, that would probably piss me off a little bit. That is, that is very true. I would get. And really now that I said that, that is that. going to happen. It might. I don't think it will, but it might. Never doubt Dave Haxtell. That fucking guy. Um, one more thing I want to talk about before we move into trade scenarios about the NHL draft. Uh, so Owen Power is, I think, by most people going to be the number one consensus pick in this draft he is a defenseman for michigan there's three michigan prospects that are ranked in the top 10 of this draft which is insane but you also got to think cam york played for michigan and he was one of the best defensemen on their team so is cam york better than the number one consensus pick this year owen power i don't know but it feels pretty good knowing that 
we might have like a player that fucking good that he could have been picked first this year. Yeah, and uh, I mean Cam York last year named Big Ten Defenseman of the Year and played on that, you know, stacked Michigan decor, which like how many Michigan D men are on the top? Three. End of this draft? Okay, so three of them, and guess what? We have the best one out of the four, I guess. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, we got that makes blessed. me happy. <laughs> Only happy things from here on out for Flyers fans. So essentially, if Cam York was a year younger, he would be the number one pick this year. <laughs> And we got him at, what, 14 last year? I think 13. I'm not sure. We traded down oh, to no, 14 because Montreal uh, picked. Don't remind me. Cole Caulfield, <laughs> 15 overall. You said it. God damn it. Yeah. At least I didn't say Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cam York, baby. And Cam York did not look out of place in the, in the few games he played at the end of last year. And I think the... The coach has got a good look at him, and I, and I, I think there's a real good shot that he, you know, rounds out the the uh, him and Braun third pair. Him and Braun would be real nice. I all. like that a lot. You get the steady defensive veteran that you know the coaches trust, and you put him with York. You get that gives York a little bit uh, more space to be a little more dynamic, uh, play a little more offense up the ice. He's playing third pair, so you know he's not going against top lines. And, you know, you build up his confidence. And, you know, if he plays a few games in the AHL to begin the year, that's not a bad thing either. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing before we get into trade scenarios, I think Cam York, I mean, hopefully, I think he will play on the team, but it would be kind of sick to see him head the second power play unit this year, if that could be a possibility. I think it's time to phase Provorov out of the power play. And I think Ryan Ellis and then Cam York, uh, heading both power plays would be a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to watch this year. I mean, and I've thought for a while that Sanheim should have been on that top or uh, second pair, uh, second power play over Provorov. Uh, they just haven't given him that chance, and I feel like just because Provorov's, you know, the minute eater and the top one of the top guys, that they like owe it to him to put him on that power play. But he just cannot handle the puck at the top of the point. I know he scored a lot of power play goals last year, but. Isn't that mostly I, I G his, being really good his, at setting him up for a one-timer? And JVR standing in front of the goalie. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, and, and it's not even like he doesn't have a dangerous slap shot or one-timer. It's He does have a good wrister. I'll give him that. Like, he has a good wrister and snapshot. But. He can do it five on five. I don't know. He just, he's not a great puck handler under pressure at the top of the umbrella where if you turn it over, your shot gets blocked. It's going the other way on a breakaway. You're a last man back. Yeah, I'm almost positive that Michelle Terrian is going to have Ryan Ellis heading the power play next year. You have I'd to. be surprised. seniority. I'd be surprised otherwise. You have to, and I think because of that, you put Provorov on the second power play, but you may see York Prover. You know, they like to go two D-men on that second power play. That is true. So you may see a, a, actually, a York-Provy combo. That makes the most sense. I still think Sanheim is more offensively gifted than Provorov, but Sanheim, wouldn't York. be mad. Yeah, there's a lot of options wouldn't opening be mad up right way. now. Things are looking up for us. All right, let's move into trade scenarios. Um, do you have any trade scenarios or guys uh, that you're thinking of right off the bat that we could get into? Yeah, I mean, so kind of big news. I mean, prepping for this, we were going to talk about Jones. We were going to talk about maybe trading to uh, to acquire uh, Dougie Hamilton's rights. I was going to bring up Ellis. I'm sure you were too. But, you know, that's a done deal now. We don't have to – I don't think we're in on Jones or, or – 
Hamilton anymore. Fuck Dougie and Hamilton. I honestly think... Hold on. Fuck Dougie I, Hamilton and fuck Seth Jones. I'm over him. We don't need him. Yeah, but I honestly think that Ellis the whole time was the most attainable defenseman out of those three and still provides a ton of value. Yeah. Um, but what some big news that just came out uh, today also after the Ellis trade was uh, Frank Saravalli tweeted that uh, St. Louis will not be protecting uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and he will be exposed in the expansion draft to the Kraken and they will instead be protecting Ivan Barbashev, which I'm not really sure what... The idea is there. Uh, what um, I believe Doug Armstrong's the GM there so was thinking. So dumb. So dumb. Um, his name? I don't know. It's Doug Armstrong. St. Louis. But I have yeah. no idea. It's it's just it's just preposterous that they are doing this. Clearly, Seattle is going to take Tarasenko. Why the f- like? So they're. What'd you say? They're doing it so they could keep Barbash or whatever the fuck that guy's name is instead of him Barbershop. to protect him. Like, but I don't know what what makes sense because like, why didn't you just trade Tarasenko and get something for him then? Yeah, so there has to be some sort of back end deal going on, but it also doesn't make sense because if you're gonna make a deal for them to not take Tarasenko, you could have made a deal for them to not take Barbashev for less. Yeah, presumably. So I don't know if there's some sort of under the table three way like draft trade scenario, but. It's it's interesting to say the least, and it throws a little you know wrench in everyone's sort of expansion list in terms of you know who was going to get taken by the Kraken. So, I mean, even more so than it was a week ago, I think people's eyes are going to be peeled on this expansion draft. I mean, I'll say one thing: if it's not some under the table like sneaky trade type deal they're trying to pull off with Seattle or something not to take Tarasenko, it might be one of the dumbest moves I've seen by a GM in a long time. Unless they know something we don't, unless they know they he's have like to, done like they with physically have to. If they don't know something we don't, this person is like one of the dumbest. This GM is one of the dumbest people alive. I'm sorry we don't know his name right now, but you it's are Doug Armstrong. Doug Armstrong. You're a fucking idiot if you let them take Tarasenko. He's not going to listen to this podcast, but you're a fucking idiot, Doug Armstrong. Yeah. Um, one thing to note is I, I'm not sure about this, and I doubt you know either, but if you are. Uh, thinking of trading for a guy, do your doctors get to take a look at him? Um, like, I think would Philadelphia's team doctors be able to look at Tarasenko before making a trade? Yes, I'm, I doubt it. Yeah, they do. I think okay. that I think that has to be some kind of rule, right? Or maybe it's like before the trade's final, like you accept the trade, and then you get to do your uh, whatever the hell they call that. I don't know shit. how it works though. You you send your doctors out there, like, <laughs> but. Uh, Unless there's something going on where they know Tarasenko's injury is bad and he's done. Like, I know he's had multiple shoulder surgeries and he's only had multiple because the St. Louis doctors have fucked up his shoulder in previous surgeries. And that's sort of why he's done with the team. And, you know, the trust has been lost there. And that's why he requested a trade. But for them to give him up for nothing, there has to be something else going on. Has to. Makes me kind of think that uh, they know something about his injury that no one knows. He could be done. It's very, it's quite possible. And and they just want to shed the cap. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of salary. What's he making? Six point seven point five seven and a half million right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a hefty hefty amount for two more years. Yeah, but I don't know this leaves out. There's you know there's a bunch of scenarios going on here because something Chuck Fletcher mentioned is not just you know given given Seattle sweeteners. 
but even talking to uh talking to them and saying hey this guy's exposed we want him you 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 draft him and then we'll trade you for that guy so maybe Ter- maybe Tarasenko's that guy maybe they have some sort of weird but that doesn't make sense cuz why would St why wouldn't St Louis just make the trade with the Flyers well, it doesn't maybe St Louis didn't like the offer that Chuck's offering them, but Seattle, a new team in the league's like, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Like we'd gain a little bit for that. And that's what they're looking for right now. So like, that's like a high, high level. No, but St. Thinking. Louis is still losing it for nothing. I know. Like what's I mean, St. Louis? I said it. Doug it. Armstrong's an no idiot. Sense. If that, that's the case, he's an <laughs> idiot. But like, maybe the Flyers are smarter. Like, no, we're not going to do that trade with you. We'll just do it for with Seattle for less. Maybe Chuck's making the smart move. But I, I personally don't think uh tarasenko is on the flyers radar per se uh i think there's other guys that are more important for them to look at but i could see something like that happening i definitely wouldn't be mad if chuck pulled something like that with seattle to flip him after they after they take him you can't say tarasenko is not on their radar because he listed the flyers as a team that he waived his no move to go to so they he has to be on their radar or they're not doing their job so like he has to be an option. They have to reach out. They have to see what St. Louis is thinking in terms of a trade, because you're not doing your due diligence as a GM if you don't, if a if a high end if a superstar player lists your team as a team he's willing to waive his no move for or no tra- uh, no trade for. You have to, you of know, course, at least kick tires on him. And Chuck's a guy like every time he talks to the media, he's always a guy that says that I just do. He's doing his due diligence, so. Like I'm sure, like for I know for a fact that he's definitely talked with Seattle or St. Louis already about that. Probably talking to Seattle now, if not both. And there's teams definitely still. there's definitely risk there. I mean, there's a potential that he's not the same player he was. There's the potential that his shoulder's done and he doesn't have a shot anymore. I mean, he did score some I think some snipes in the in the playoffs, so I don't know if that's true. But he has also been a hu- a heavy you know two way player, even at wing. And if you acquire him and put him on a line with G and Coots, where G and Coots are handling mo- most of the defensive responsibility, and you can just sort of let him loose and, you know, feed him one-timers or feed him, you know, breakout passes to, you know, odd man rushes. Could be a lot of it fun. It could be a huge payoff for this team, dude. Oh, yeah. I would not be – I'm saying it. I, I would not be mad if that happened. And happen. we have the players, the you know, the caliber of player and, and you know, salary to match Tarasenko. You know, we have JVR – which we can trade, who's, you know, another scoring winger, scoring, you know, in a different fashion. He doesn't have, you know, the elite shot, but, you know, he puts goals in on the power play and, you know, even strengths on, he gets those tips and, and, you know, hands plays around the net. But, and then you have Voracek, who's, you know, a pass first guy, but can, you know, still easily play first power play and, you know, feed a lot of the players they have on, on St. Louis. So, it's it's tough. Like I, I kind of agree with you that you know not going to be mad if they don't get him. Not going to be mad if they do get him. But I mean, he, he's another option out there for this team. And and like I said earlier, I feel like we need a scoring winger in some fashion. And he's scoring forward. And he's one of the only names out there that fit that uh fit that bill. You know. So I mean, he's an he's an elite scorer. Yeah. Is there any other guys you're thinking of? Uh, I actually wanted to read off some of the replies we got on our tweet. In regards to this, uh, do you want me to read them out? Read them yeah, off. Go ahead. Uh, Ryan Tannenbaum on Twitter said that we should get a top D partner for Provi, Jones or Ellis. You were right about Done. Ellis there, Tannenbaum. Give up Ghost, Brink, and maybe a first. So this guy, 
I mean, I completely forgot about Bobby Brink. Yeah. Um, What's he going to be in the AHL next year? I assume. Uh, he's going to be yes. on the Phantoms, or does he have another year at uh, Wisconsin? At Denver, Wisconsin. I think he's not at Wisconsin. Are you sure? He's at Colorado. I'm pretty sure. University of Denver. Yeah, you might be right. Denver. I don't watch college hockey too much. Um, let me fin- uh, he also said he wants a shoot first winger, Tarasenko. JVR in a second. There you go. Just talked about that. And then a backup goalie, uh, Smith, Olmark, or Dreiger. And I think we talked about Olmark. That guy would probably be the best option, I think. He's a big guy. He had a good save percentage on a shitty team last year. And I, he'll be cheap. And, you know, Corpus is out there too, but I think he'll be a little bit more expensive. And I think he maybe would be looking more for a starting role. Definitely. But uh, I don't hate Olmark. He always plays well against the Flyers. That's not saying much because we make backup goalies look like five-time Vesna win, uh, win, winners. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's some moves to be made there. I mean, it's it's going to be – it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure Seattle's going to take Drieger. From uh, Florida, I think that's been said a bunch by a lot of the pundits out there. But I think Allmark's a great would be a great fit. He's and uh, what else did he say? So I think for, uh, for he said Tarasenko trade JVR in a second for Tarasenko. Yeah, I don't not... even think you need. I think that can be a one for one. I don't think you need to throw the pick in there because we're getting damaged goods and you know Tarasenko's making seven point five and JVR is making seven. Yeah. So I mean maybe we. we we put in the pick and they retain a little bit of salary, but I don't know how that's going to work. Well, the, here's the thing. Everyone's, you know, up against the cap. Here's the thing. Chuck could use leverage there. Cause I feel like Tarasenko is more of a, more of a risk than JVR. You know what you're going to get with JVR. Like he's going to be pretty consistent mm-hmm. in what he gives you. Tarasenko, he could end up being the player he was, or he could end up being a, a way lesser version of that. So Chuck could use that to his advantage to be like, Hey, JVR for Tarasenko straight up. You guys don't want Tarasenko. We do. And JVR is a good, you know what you're going to get out of him. And he's only got two years left on his deal. It's a good one-for-one flip. It's a good change of pace for both teams. But uh, after Tarasenko was left off the protection list, that raises some eyebrows, obviously, as to what's going to happen with him in the next upcoming days. I'm I'm honestly more interested in that than who who they pick from the Flyers. What happens with Tarasenko? I mean, it's it's, an interesting interesting topic. I mean... Like bold strategy, Kyle. We are, yeah, we are in arguably the the heat of the off season. These next two weeks are going to be a lot Huge. of entertainment. A lot of content's going to be coming out. Like this is a good time for hockey fans around the world. There are still many, many moves to be made. This is just the beginning. This could be this could be a completely different roster by you know October first or whenever the hell. The we'll see. October, the defense whatever. is definitely going to be completely different. The offense is probably going to have one or two new guys i would say i, I don't know dude if we lose jake and jvr i feel like the offense looks a lot different well because then you and got that's, 13 that's two guys gone room, but 13 million dollars yeah. to do whatever you want with i think we well, have no, we have 13 now if we lose jake and jvr we'll have another 15.25 no because we lost a little bit with the lsd i think we have something around eight or nine million right now to sign uh san hyman yeah. carter hart with true um true but if we get rid of Jake and JVR, it's going to skyrocket to like closer to 20 million, depending on who we trade for. I don't know. But yeah. Whatever. We're not mathematicians. No. Let's go through some other comments. Uh, your boy Coots said the Flyers need a top pairing defenseman. You can check that one off your list, Coots. 
a solid veteran depth defenseman, which we talked about earlier, a third-line center, a veteran for the fourth line. Uh, one thing Chuck Fletcher did mention, I think it was on his exclusive interview with the Snow the Goalie podcast, was that it hurt to lose Pitlick. And he was a fourth-line guy that you don't really think about, but he was Energizer Bunny. He was playing the PK. He could you know, put it in the back of the net a couple times. But he was a, you know, a speedy, doesn't give up sort of player, big on the four check, which is like Elaine Vigneault's system is all about the four check. Uh, so I think not being able to re-sign him uh, hurt a little bit more than people thought. So I definitely think Coots has a good point here in bringing in an, another guy for the fourth lines because we lost Raffle too. So like, what I don't even know what does our fourth line look like right now? Nak? I mean, it's so tough. Nak Lajitsky and who knows? I mean, Nak hasn't earned third line minutes by any means. No, he took way too many penalties uh, this year. Yeah, he's probably fourth Stick line penalties too. God, that is tough, man. I mean, I think the Flyers should just sign like a veteran. Like I, I agree with Coots here. Your boy Coots on Twitter. Um, get a guy that has been there before. Get a guy who's been to the Stanley Cup. Get a guy who's been deep in the playoffs. A veteran guy that can come in and just be like a good leader and grinder on the fourth line like it's an easy it's an easy deal he could be a guy like Zach Parise who is in the later stages of his career he's not going to really want any money probably just wants to go to a pretty decent team I mean just find a guy everyone's saying Parise to the Islanders but that makes a lot of sense to me uh he's like he's an Islander type of guy or the type of guy the Islanders would get and he you know he played he played under Lou Lamarillo and and uh New Jersey as well. I'm trying to think uh, of some other guys. Elliot Freeman just tweeted, uh, uh, sounds like the Islanders are re-signing Andy Green to a one-year deal uh, for 750K plus 250K in bonuses. They had to do that because they still had to expose, they have to expose one defenseman and they didn't have one to expose so because they're protecting, uh, yeah, so they're they protecting Pelic Pulick and uh, uh, Mayfield. So and they didn't have any D men who fit the uh, NHL games played requirement. So they had to either re-sign uh, Coburn or uh, Andy Green, and they just re-signed Andy Green with the intent to expose him to Seattle. So interesting. He won't be taken, but kind of funny they yeah. had to sign a guy just to expose him. Yeah, he, I mean they signed, on, basically signed him to league minimum. But yeah, he's been on the team for the past couple of years. He's a, he's a big veteran on the team. I'm sure it wasn't that hard of a decision. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, looking at uh, your boy Coots' comment, like, any ideas are you thinking for, for second-line D-men? Um, it's tough because of salary cap, the salary cap situation we're in, but I don't know. I, I kind of like David Savard. I, I'm not really sure if he's going to be the perfect guy there. Maybe Rasmus Ristolainen. If we could pull a deal with Buffalo, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Sandheim play together. Um, That's interesting. So a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, analytics people do not like Ristolainen. Apparently, as horrible analytics, which like I've said it once, I've said it before. Analytics is a, is a tool. It's not you know what you should base all your decisions off uh, off of. I think you know the eye test is really important. And seeing how he played against the Flyers and the eight games we played against Buffalo, like I would like him on our defense. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, I mean, he's a right-handed defenseman. He's the perfect type of player that would fit in alongside Sandheim. Um, and yeah, like you said, analytics aren't everything. I think I remember seeing like a graphic the other day 
it was the analytics of like Nathan McKinnon with a bunch of these other uh, centers oh or God. whatever. And he was ranked so low compared to all these guys. And then you look at all the names that are there and you're just like, Nathan McKinnon is the best player on this fucking list. Like these, these analytics mean shit. I mean, can we talk about the dude on Twitter who was comparing TK's first two year to McKinnon's first two years and being like, that, "Oh, that might have been like, it." That I might like be TK speaking. equals McKinnon. It's like, dude, are you the dumbest yeah, it's like, person dude, in the world? Analytics. Have are, you ever are watched tool. hockey? Like, come on, the eye test is more important than anything else when it comes to hockey. Because there's things yeah. that you see in game that you're not going to see as a number on a piece of paper, like. You're just not going to see it. These guys have hockey IQ. Like it's kind of hard to, to scale hockey IQ. Quantify that. Yeah, exactly. Unless you make them take some crazy fucking tests. I'll take your fucking test. You want me to take your test? <laughs> A little miracle quote. So <laughs> <laughs> had to do it. You mentioned Savard, uh, another guy who's available, maybe a little bit more expensive. Adam Larson from the Oilers. That's a good. That's a good pickup. Not too bad. Uh. I mean, Suter's out there. I don't think he would come to the Flyers. I think he's going to take a, like a very uh, low salary deal to play for a contender. He's made all the money he needs to make. You know, probably Colorado. At this point. Uh, yeah, I could see him going to Colorado, uh, Tampa, which I don't know how they're going to figure out their cap situation. Tyson Berry's available. I don't know. Uh, he his cap hit last year was three point seven five. I think he might re-sign with the Oilers if they're inclined to do so because he did have a good season with them. I mean, he led all D-men in points last year and didn't get one uh, Norris vote, which was like the first time that's ever happened. I got one. Um, we've talked about him off pod a couple of times. The dude in Vancouver that doesn't want to play there. I, I always forget his Nate name. Schmidt. Nate Schmidt. Uh, so he'd be a good fit, I think. He only makes like he'd be good five fit. million something around there, five point nine. I think he makes six, six. something, which I mean, is a little bit high. And I don't know if Vancouver is willing to retain salary because oh no, five nine five, five point nine five. All right, so I was right, um, five nine. That's not bad. Yeah, he's he's a left-handed guy, but he does prefer to play the right side, so that would work with a you know a Sanheim Schmidt. Second pair, I do like that. He's a little more offensively inclined. Yeah, I mean, you, but you can't... I think he'd be a solid fit for the team. I mean, he's a good NHL defenseman. Like that's all you want on your second line—a good NHL defenseman. Exactly. Which we did not have a good NHL defenseman on our team last year. No, we made the big move for a big name guy like Ellis, and now we just need like a good player. Just get a good player. It doesn't matter who it is. Just get a player that changes up our core a bit. Like we had to shake up the core, and I think there will be three new. Three new names on that defensive core next year. Ryan Ellis, uh, Cam York, and then fill in the blank for the last guy. So, Alec Martinez is another name. I think he also plays the left side. Yeah. He's a lefty. It's, it's but... tough. Like, there's not that many right-handed defensemen in this league, and there's not that many that are available. So, I mean, we can't always get what he, we want here. He made $4 million last year. He's probably looking for a little bit of a raise because he did play – outstanding in the playoffs in the regular season last year um just to throw some other names you mentioned savard who made 4.25 last year uh goligoski out of uh arizona made 5.4 last year uh averages 22 minutes a night i don't really he's sort of at the end of his career so that's a lot of names i don't i wouldn't Um, i wouldn't love that yeah pick up that's a lot of names Uh, that we've mentioned so far do you which ones do you think are would be your top? I'm thinking 
I, like I think Ristolainen might be like one of my top guys that I'd take there. Larson as well. And that would that would have cheap. to be on a that would sorry that would have to be a trade, right? Correct. He's not a UFA. Yeah. So what's his? We've kind of blended in. Hit? Is he making we've, four? Yeah, we've kind of blended into the free agency discussion. Um, but it's whatever, like trade scenarios, free agency, it all goes hand in hand. But yeah, he's making five point four. Who's making uh, five point four? Ristolainen, and he has he has one year left. Okay, on so his deal. does Ristolainen want to play in Buffalo? Probably no, not. No, he's out there as a, as a trade. I mean, like they they got to trade Eichel, Reinhardt, and Ristolainen. I'm pretty. Well, sure. I heard like, when it comes down there. to it that it would if they traded uh, those three guys, it would be Ristolainen first, uh, Reinhardt. Like if it was a big if they trade Reinhardt, I don't know if they really want to move him, and then Eichel last. So if they trade anybody. It's going to be Ristolainen first, most likely. Also, like one thing Ristolainen would bring to this defense is just a guy who can fucking hit and is intimidating, and you don't want to go into a corner with him. You know what I mean? Kind of like Gudis. Like we need a guy we like that, that that scares people. Gudis Gudis crossed the line a couple too many times, but I mean, I still. And and also the one thing that pissed me off beyond belief about Gudis is anytime he got the puck at the point, he was just sending it to the net <laughs> wide. Blocked, whatever yeah. he's sending it to the net immediately. Ristolainen but is much better defenseman than Gudis is, so we won't have to worry about going that. Going through the list of guys, I mean, Savard's a little bit too old for my liking. Um, he's thirty. Is he really? He just looks so much older. Yeah, Ryan Ellis is thirty-two. I don't think thirty's yeah. old in hockey years. I think he's still got some. No, good it's not. Time just left. looking at his face, I thought he was way older. Is it because he's like um, old? Maybe. <laughs> That'll and also, uh, when uh, Hayes scored that OT winner in Columbus two years ago, and TK said, "Suck it, Savard." Oh yeah, do you remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a fucking there's a picture that shows up on Twitter like every other week of that. Was it when like Lawton and Hayes were like hugging him on the bench or whatever, and he's just like screaming? No, that's a uh, uh, Lemieux. What's his name? Brandon Lemieux. Oh, on the that Rangers. Was when Le- yeah, he was talking shit to Hayes, trying to get him to go or something, and then they skated by the bench, and and I think he cross checked Hayes or something, and then both uh, Lawton and TK screamed at him, <laughs> something. The the Savard one was when um, it was an OT winner by Hayes. He's he comes in, and uh, it was uh, Savard and Felino back, and oh, I, I think like this. Hayes, Hayes and Provorov crisscrossed, yeah. and 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 Savard. Uh, or Felino thought they were gonna switch, and Savard wanted Felino to stay, and they got like mixed up, and Hayes just like skated. Was in this when the champ it. was born? Yeah, he did the championship that that belt game. after that one. Yeah. yeah, oh baby, that was a huge moment. So yeah, a ton of names. I think, I think I like Ristolainen. Now that you mentioned him, I wasn't even thinking about him honestly. He's a under the radar type of guy that I think would be perfect. I think he would bring some physicality to the team, which we desperately need. Another name, a couple names we mentioned before. Jamie Alexiak, I feel like he's more of a third-line guy. Uh, Ryan Murray, no thank you. Keith Yandel, no. And we're probably missing some guys. Uh, I mean, if we're saying Ristolainen is probably our, would be our favorite. I'm also trying to like think. I don't think I'm going to be able to think of one, but like like I said before, a guy that's been to the Stanley Cup, a guy that's won the Stanley Cup. Like, I, ca- I kind of want a, a big-name veteran on that. Martinez would team. fit that role, two two time cup winner. Yeah, that could work. He scored a uh, you know Stanley Cup 
winning goal. He did clinching goal. I remember that. I was with against the Rangers. I was with my friend. That's what a Rangers my, uh, fan too. It yeah, was hilarious. That's one of my favorite pictures to send to Rangers fans. Is Hank like face down in the crease and all the oh, uh, Kings players celebrating all their gloves that, and equipment on the ground? You can't do that because they're just gonna send an even worse picture back to you of fucking Patrick Kane. Like that picture literally gives me fucking nightmares. I see it on TV yeah, every so often. Also I close one, my eyes. Yeah. There's also the one of Hank where like he got pulled for the first time and he's like crying on the bench. That's a good one. With his little white gloves on that he wears underneath. I like Hank though. Equipment. I don't like making fun of him, but that is funny. <laughs> I like him now, but like when there was a you know big rivalry. Good stretch of years there where we could not score against that guy. Yeah. That's why they call him the king. All right. Yeah, Let's move so into, I mean, um, I think that kind of wraps up free agency. We went through a lot of names there. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention Philip Deneau as a possible uh, third line, third line center. Uh, he apparently could not come to a deal with Montreal, and at this time, they're 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 probably going to let him go to free agency. That doesn't mean that they won't you know offer him something he's, once he goes to market. He's but, a guy that I would really want on this team, though. I think he would really solidify that the. the middle of the ice if we a lot of people i read uh, on twitter a lot of people were saying you know we don't need another slow defensive center who doesn't score we already have case uh, hayes and coots they were also saying dude do a one uh you know put deno on the third line i think he would make more sense on the second line and put hayes on the third but also like their centers they have to play two on you know they have to play 200 feet of ice they should be defensive and you surround them with scoring wingers yeah i mean if we got him it'd be coots hayes and him, and then also you got Lawton and G, who can both play center. That's arguably one of the best down the middle teams in the league. Like it's up there with the guys that Tampa has, the guys that like I don't know. I can't think of another fucking team other than Tampa because they're too fucking good. <laughs> like it's up there. Like that's a very good like center lineup. Like not many teams have that many guys of that caliber. You know. Another guy who's possibly going to be available, we'd have to get him to take a pay cut compared to his last contract, but David Krejci. He may not, re- he's 35. I think he still has a lot in him, though, and he may not resign with the Bruins. So, like a two, three year deal for him? Yeah, throw him on the third line. Second, third? Like, I like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's it'd be more interesting for Chuck to throw a bone on an older guy that they could get on a pretty decent deal for only a couple years than try to throw money at a bigger name. I mean, I think I'd rather have Denault over Krejci, but if you can get Krejci for less and only sign him to a two-year deal, why wouldn't you? Like, you know what you're going to get. He's going to be a pretty good player for your team. And I think Denault's yeah. a lot younger, and he's probably going to require more money. I mean, money. yeah, you'd rather have Denault, be, Denault because he's 28 compared to 35. Um, but we have so many prospects that, like, I kind of rather have Krejci at that point because like Krejci will come in here, then he'll get phased out in a couple years. It's kind of a smarter move when it comes to building our team. Yeah, I mean, you also have to see what what's going to happen with Morgan Frost. Is he going to get a chance to you know start the year as three C? Probably. You know, they can always fall back and put Lawton in that role. I kind I like Lawton better at wing. I think it gives him more Me too. like offensive options. The thing that sucks is like I don't know like what I want. Like I want to give Frost a chance. But then I also want to just like get another center. I think ultimately uh, Frost probably will get the chance. I think it's probably leaning that way. I think we probably made our biggest move of the offseason. But 
I don't know. I don't know what I want. I mean, I, it's not up to me though. So it's like, whatever, I'm just, I'm just viewing what's happening, but it's tough. I'm not really sure what the move will be, but either way, seeing Morgan Frost get his chance to play on the third line would be fun. Or if we get a center to fill that void also will also be cool. So, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, there were some other comments on our tweet of, of what the players oh, yeah. we were giving up to get them. Uh, at Evil Bill sixty nine hundred said a forty year old Ed Snyder. That was just funny. I just wanted to mention that because it was funny. <laughs> if only um, I miss Ed. R. Yeah. R. And then uh, at A W I I I seventy five, J. V. Now this tweet kind of confused me because he says J V R Seattle and then Ghost plus mid prospect to Seattle for expansion draft selection forward. So I think that means he wants the Flyers Seattle just to... to take J V R and then he wants the Flyers to trade Ghost and a mid-level prospect to Seattle to acquire another forward that they selected from a different team, which is, okay. and we talked about that possibility. I think that's giving up way too much to Seattle, but yeah. Then he said, Jake and TK for Goudreau and Monaghan. I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's a smart move for the Flyers. I, I don't think giving up TK for TK one, one for one for Goudreau or Monaghan is a bad idea. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that's a horrible idea. I think I think TK is getting a bad rap right now. Uh, a lot of people throw him in trade negotiations just because, like, maybe he had a not-so-great year, even though numbers-wise he was still doing exactly what he's been doing since he got here. Yeah. But I, just, I, don't, I don't agree with the negative backlash that TK is getting, and I get that people are throwing him in trades just because, like, his contract is something that other teams would value. So, like, it makes sense to include him in trades, but I just don't think it's smart to get rid of a guy that's been getting 20, 25 goals every single year since he came into the league. There's there's no point. He's a great player. I mean, the same, he's still the got room to same grow. People, the same people that are saying that were people who were loving him last season. Probably. I mean, Flyers Sorry. fans are so – they're the most bipolar people in the Hypocrites. world. Like, one, one, one day they'll be – in love with a player the other day they'll hate him one day they'll fucking love chuck they're like every single day leading up to the th- this fucking trade people are like where's the trades where's the trades and then now they're calling chuck fletcher a god like we're a very bipolar yeah. fan base like it's it's best if you're a flyers player to ignore social media altogether i think and the media you know and everyone stop with the uh trade for goudreau because he's a, a ufa next year and he it's been rumored for a long time that he wants to play for the Flyers. He grew up a Flyers fan and his, you know, grew up in South Jersey. So why are we giving up assets for him when he's not something the team needs right now and we could potentially sign him with without giving up assets next year? Uh, and Monahan, we could do without. I mean, I guess he would fit that third line center role, but we talked about that last episode. Yeah. Um, this guy continues to go on, which ridiculous. Coots, Frost, Oscar, and a goalie prospect for Eichel. Nope. I don't think they would take that deal. Nope. Buffalo, they want young guys. They're rebuilding. They don't need they don't need Coots. I mean, I would want Coots if I was them. I'd probably want Coots too, but they have you know, they don't have to get rid of Eichel. Yeah. I, I don't think they really should. I don't understand. Unless he sits it. Out. I just don't understand it. I think he's so done with them as a team that they kinda have to get rid of him. Oh, they're also not letting teams look at his like medicals. So that's, that's a so huge sketchy. risk with his yeah, with his uh, you know, and neck neck injuries are not a thing to, you know, joke about. Of course not. 
Um, this guy goes on. There's more. Myers or Sanheim, a first and Leginsky for Seth Jones. That wasn't going to happen. Look at what they're asking for from, from uh, Chicago. <laughs> and then he says, and this is also like a full team overhaul, dude. You're like, first of all, like, I, I love this. I love Flyers fans because they're like, take our, our underperforming players for your good players. Like, yeah, like GMs are not stupid. You know what I mean? Like, we can't just get rid of all of our bad players and then force other players to come here who don't want to come here. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's you, just got, not gonna you got to think logically. Then he says, look at Dougie, Corey Perry, Grandlin, Corey Perry, uh, Corey Sutter, Bernier, Vatanen, Jalmerson, and free agency. Corey Perry, Corey Perry. great fourth line. That's fit. the guy. Like, we great. were thinking about that when uh, on Coots' tweet. Fourth liner. Fourth line yep. player. Perfect. Did you see how much he did for Montreal this postseason? That's the exact kind yep. of guy I want on my team. Did the same thing for Dallas the year before. Back-to-back. Back-to-back cup appearances, too, so that'd be nice. To and I've hated Corey Perry for most of his career because he's such a dickhead. I mean, he, but he's the worm. But if he's on my team, he's our dickhead, so I will love him. <laughs> I mean, that's how it goes with every dickhead in the league. Yep. <laughs> Tom Wilson, Brad Marchand. Wayne Simmons. You know, you only, you only hate him because he's not on your team. Exactly. All right, let's, uh, let's roll into post-game. That was a pretty good discussion on trades and free agency. Um do you got anything for post game? Got any topics we haven't glossed over? I mean, we, we went over so much. We man. did went over so much. Uh, we got to start getting you guys to ask some questions. I think maybe for the third episode, we'll, uh, you know, field questions from you guys on Twitter and anything you guys want to know. Our next episode is going to be coming out two weeks uh, after this one, so it's going to be a lot of stuff that happens. Free agency will have come and gone pretty much, so. After all of that happens, I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, I had some things just to throw in that I just thought of. So cool. I was listening to uh, drop uh, Dropping the Gloves, which is John Scott's uh, podcast uh, with HockeyFights.com. And he was asked, I think it was like maybe a fan mailing question or something, but he was asked what the uh, worst worst chirp he's ever gotten. And it, and it was G. It, it was Drew. I think he was, uh, I don't remember who he was playing for at the time. But apparently G was skating by the bench and not even saying this to John Scott, but saying it to his coach and being like, when are you going to put Scott in? Like throw him on the ice, like throw Johnny in like every shift, just trying to get John Scott on the ice saying, but essentially our team is better when he's on the ice and we will score on you. And he said it was just one of like, they're not even like, not even like a very clever chirp or anything like that, but it just like hurt. You know what I mean? It just cuts deep. And, and, you know, and there's nothing you can say because he's like, I didn't even turn around and look at my coach because the coach knows it's true too. Yeah. I probably just would have sat there and like stared at my fucking skates or something, not even put my head up and been like, God damn it. This fucking guy, he's just cutting right to my soul right there with that comment. Yeah. Just, I think the exact quote was, hey, put Big John out. We need a goal. <laughs> like, imagine a guy just skating by your bench saying that every time and not even talking to you. Like, he's not a, you're irrelevant to the conversation. You're so I'm irrelevant. Your you're so irrelevant. <laughs> I'm not even directing this comment towards you. <laughs> I mean, that G is fucking amazing. That is hilarious. Yeah. Best chirper in the league. Uh, <laughs> Best player in the league is. as well, if you didn't know. He was at one point. Yep. All right. I think that's it for this episode. All right. That wraps up this episode of Time My Skates. Please like, comment, and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Time My Skates Pod and listen anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Z. He's Drunkity. We'll see you guys next time.